at Winterfest and then a week at BGF and then three days for Origins and then presumably three or four days for whatever Compass Expo or whatever else is I go to. minutes into talking about conventions with each other and i figured I'd go ahead you should be record. recording this i haven't said anything embarrassing yet <laughs> yet so yeah um uh yeah so welcome folks to uh episode eight of mentioned and dispatches still not out of order we i i i don't want to jinx it we might make it through this season actually keeping things in order who knows inconceivable um, I, you're right it's sort of inconceivable uh but we're gonna be talking buckeye game fest obviously you recognize the voice of the Ardwolf, gary how you doing oh i'm okay just okay i'm okay this is my this is my fourth podcast recording in the last seven days yeah and that's just podcasts that doesn't count live shows or does that that's correct that does not count live shows yeesh um well wait if you stretch it eight days you get us too i think i might be i might i think i do mean that actually okay okay gotcha um because you were on last episode with us this is true and uh and then also a bgf regular and friend of the dragoons david thompson is here david how are you i'm good how are you doing doing great i is this the first oh, man so the handsome he has to be on a podcast instead of video? Oh, oh. <laughs> David, is this not the first time we've had you on one of the podcasts? I think it might be. We did uh we did a solo gaming chat uh late last year. That's right? yeah, we did. We did. That's right. Yeah. Rant's done so many of these he can't even keep track of his own podcast episodes anymore. <laughs> Dude, uh yeah, we're at like this is episode hundred and 12 or 13 for mentioning dispatches and uh and then we had you know 80 odd episodes at the old show uh before those all disappeared into the that's evening. a lot are you on spotify yet no no we're too cool for spotify uh, you're you could say that but the fact is that i use spotify to listen to podcasts when driving i need so to I figure out how to listen to this spotify. <laughs> when, when driving because of that you'll have to put it in as the armchair dragoons podcast though because there's another podcast called mentioned in dispatches which is yeah, there's a... i mentioned back when you were asking about for feedback about the name yes but i but i was ignored and felt, uh, you were i immediately felt at home that's true there was a vote i was outvoted but yeah there was a vote the second place was pants are optional we were almost i may i may in fact have voted for that so. <laughs> So that that was that was almost our second place. That, that, that was nope. our second place, but that was that was it was a close vote. That was almost the name of the podcast. You know, you could rebrand this show as No Pants Wargaming or Pants Free Wargaming or I, I Zones of No Pants. Show up in a in a kilt and you know and there you we go. can't we can't have Dan on or he's going to show up in a garter belt and stockings. I so. can make God damn it for that mental image. <laughs> um, I uh, I could I could accommodate the the no pants rule. In addition to simply not wearing pants, I do in fact have two kilts. Fair enough. So, so David's thinking I stayed up late for this. Oh my god, <laughs> he's got to get up at four a.m. to design games. All right, uh, Buckeye Game Fest. So by the time this comes out, we're going to be three to four weeks out from Buckeye Game Fest, and and so Gary, the core the the core events of of Buckeye Game Fest itself start on Thursday, right? So. Yeah, so Buckeye Game Fest is uh, run by Buckeye Game Festivals, which split from the Columbus Area Board Gaming Society for uh, 501C reasons several years ago. Uh, basically, the, the money wasn't working out. Uh, it wasn't that there wasn't enough money. It was that too much of the money was coming in in a way that was not okay for the type of 
nonprofit that Buckeye, uh, uh, the Columbus area board gamers is. So they had to split it off and, and now it's being run by a separate group, which is pretty much this from the same circle of folks that run, uh, the Columbus area board game society. And for at least as long as I've been going there, and this is probably going to be my fifth or seventh or maybe eighth, something like that. It's a four day convention and it is a pretty conventional board game convention. So in the big boardroom from Thursday through Sunday, you will see stuff like a, a variety of euros and, you know, maybe the occasional miniatures game or the occasional RPG. Um, but in addition, they are happy to host the War Room, which opens on Monday, the Monday before the rest of the convention. So that gives the War Room folks time and space, space plenty to set up a large format war games that they can then play all week. Um, now, there's also there's so much space in the War Room that, you know, people will absolutely come in there and play Combat Commander and Coin and Commands and Colors and all that stuff. Um, so it's going to be, you know, we're doing it again this year. I'm sure you're going to put a link to the event in the show notes it is there um, but we're starting i think it's on april 24th am i right about that so yeah the uh the war room opens up on monday the 24th and that's why i was asking so i think thursday the 27th is the day that vgf proper like the rest of it right. opens up right right and and so that'll be 27 through 30 and so that's sunday's the 30th that'll be the the day everything wraps up um and and look this this is not a giant convention. I think we didn't we figure out it was about 300 or so last year. Uh yeah, but that's not bad considering co- you know the impact of covid yeah. in on on face-to-face conventions and stuff, right? Um lo- lots of other events are reporting much more serious dips. So yeah. my guess this year and I'm completely spitballing this, it may, it might draw 400 people. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think it'd be cool if it does. One of the one of the great things about Buckeye Game Fest is because of its tie-in with cabs. They bring the cabs Cab's library over there, mm-hmm. and it takes up. And it, when when I took the picture last year, I had to use panorama mode on the camera to like yep. pan it all into the into the shot. And and I think uh, the I mean, last the number libraries. I heard was it's there. They've got about fourteen hundred games. Yeah, something like that. Yep, yep. It's I was going to say just short of fifteen hundred. So yeah, that's. Um, and they bring them all and it's the mm-hmm. same library that you can use at origins only you're not fighting 10,000 people to get to it right. you're only fighting you know a couple hundred people to get to it um and so david you've been to buckeye game fest a couple of times now and and not just hiding out in the war room with the rest of us reprobates you you actually go socialize with the normal people um <laughs> w- what is it about buckeye game fest that you dig yeah so i don't so i go to i go to a lot of conventions right when i lived in europe i went to to nuremberg and i went to spiel i go to gen con i go to origins etc etc uh my my favorite size conventions is the buckeye game fest sized conventions right i would much rather go to a three to four hundred person convention that's chill and quiet and i'm there to play games than anything else so for me it's the perfect convention and and it's not just that it's that size but like like uh, Gary was saying, it's this amazing mix of um, sort of like omni gamers, right? Like you can go there and do whatever you want to do to include the war room, right? So I don't, I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I consider myself an omni gamer, mostly Euros and, and light war games and stuff. But I love walking into the war room and seeing, I'm not going to play BCS. It's not, it's not my kind of game personally, but man, I love watching it. I think it's really cool. Like what, just like I like walking, you know, watching the, the large 
size game set up at uh, at Origins. I think it's really really interesting. So and then here's the the holy grail is they have Artemis set up. <laughs> and you know what? When you want to play Artemis and you don't have to wait in line or or fight for yep. a spot or whatever, or pay eighteen dollars really cool. for a forty five minute slot. Right. Exactly. And so to me, it's just it's the whole. It's like it's just the perfect gaming experience, yeah. perfect convention experience. I- I think for somebody that's been to a bunch of the big conventions, it's you, you chop out the vendor hall, right? I mean, there's there's a mm-hmm. small vendor room that's mostly arts and crafts stuff and like one person selling stray games that were found in their closet. And then the, the cab's library gives you all kinds of stuff that you could possibly want to play with. And other than that, you just take the rest of the actual game rooms and shrink them down to, to yeah. a manageable size and and that's really bgf the, the the fact that it's got the robust war game program is great you mentioned artemis it's got a big main gaming hall and last year they had a separate room where they let the rpg folks mm-hmm. kind of set up mm-hmm. camp so it was a little quieter because that main yeah. that main gaming hall can get a little raucous mm-hmm. um not that there's people being obnoxious it's just you've got 250 people yeah. in a room playing stuff that yeah. you know eventually the the noise bubbles up um so they let the rpg people have a separate room and, and it worked out pretty well i mean i was oh, yeah. i was impressed with the breadth available at bgf last year mm-hmm. um actually i i went i was looking for something else in my closet and i found my bgf t-shirt from the first bgf that i went to and it was bgf 8 so it's uh <laughs> that's back when they still used to be in a hotel up off highway 161 way up on the north side of town and uh and everything was in one room the entire convention fit in a single room uh, but it was a lot of fun Gary, uh, the war room this year, you guys, it, it seems to have turned into a Labatt Fest. This is, is true. And we're calling it Labatt Fest at Buckeye Game Fest. There's going to be what's sounding like three, might even be four tables of Labatai running at uh, Buckeye Game Fest this year. So, was, was that intentional or just a whole bunch of people all independently said, hey, we know we can set up a big game and leave it there and not have it molested. Let's do Labatt. Uh, well, I mean, it's not like this is the first time I've ever played Labatt at Buckeye Game Fest, as you'll be aware. But no, I think when you've had like half the room. <laughs> but, right. The, the talk is it's, it's not even a quarter of the room. Room, but but because it's a big room right there's plenty well, of space yeah, that's fair um but i i think it's a number of elements just kind of came together to make this happen this year um one a number of people with big mouths including myself started looking at Labatai in a noisy way um uh and that's not just me that's people like meet me and mark ruggiero and uh and everybody loves mark ruggiero so uh and mark was saying oh i'm getting to Labatai. it's awesome i'm gonna come to buckeye game fest we're gonna do all this stuff and then the marshall enterprises folks got into it and said oh well if you're gonna have a big Labatai thing we'll just we'll just show up with our own game and, uh, and some people and uh, and everybody's like oh well that's great 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 this Plenty of space. So, and then Eric from Eric's Table Napoleonic Battles, Eric Holmgren, is he's coming too with some people. And so it sounds like there's going to be, like I said, there's going to be at least three tables of Lava Tie Plan. Um, and uh, it's, it's. I mean, if you're into Lava, playing different rules, I might add. So it, mm-hmm. as befits the Lava Tie scene, um, the Marshall Enterprises folks want to use their premier rules. Um, once we decided that it wasn't going to be one huge game, it was going to be multiple still huge games um then we decide the folks organizing our table decided that they would rather play with marie louise which is their typical choice frankly um and then the third table i have no idea what eric is planning on running so uh but i'm sure we will find things for him to do as well um this is in addition to an ocs table and whatever else is going on um i have not actually like had a coordinating conversation with grant and alexander from the players aid but they will be there they're almost certain to do some large 
coin event um running multiple coin games simultaneously plus other stuff yeah well and because they're doing coin stuff um i passed on doing any of the coin things uh for the dragoons this time i i just put in a couple of smaller ones i think i put in uh brief border wars and shores of tripoli just to have some smaller lighter things that you know that that way folks that don't want to commit to 16 hours of the same game have something smaller they can jump into so so we're going to have some smaller stuff there as well uh with those two and then one of the other things that was pretty cool about buckeye game fest last year so you know for for a lot of folks that do convention stuff with us or or some of the other bigger ones things are fairly well scripted you know i mean you you don't have a ton of free time you're trying to maximize all the time you've got on the tables because you want to make sure you get the same number of tables again in the future for for doing your events buckeye game fest doesn't have that issue especially with the war room and so tons of tables yeah well not just tons of tables but a lot of pickup stuff Um, oh yeah absolutely you know hey you want to play this yeah sure i I think that's how you ended up in your game of conquest and consequence last year yes hey let's throw this on the table okay sure yeah and it's Four not just later, it's not all just Twilight Struggle and Combat Commander and Commands and Colors, right? I've seen games of of the gamers uh, Civil War Brigade series get busted out uh, uh, spontaneously. I've seen the uh, the Mark Miklos Battles of the American Revolution get busted out. Um, I've seen GBOH get busted out. I mean, so there's there's plenty of pickup stuff as well. And if you're, you're having trouble recruiting, you could always go to the big room and corral some of the war gamers in there because a bunch of them are in fact also war gamers. They just happen to be playing Terraforming Mars in the other room at the yeah yeah and 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 there's plenty of opportunity to like tape a sign up on the door that says hey at four we're gonna do this yeah if you want to be here um it's informal enough that nobody's gonna think that there's a problem with you doing that so right that you know you certainly have the opportunity for that i'm gonna drag along a handful of extra stuff with me that i wasn't gonna formally put in the program just in case somebody wants to pick something up and grab it and run um one of the things i was looking at possibly putting in the program um i, I was originally looking at something from the boys over at catastrophe games but apparently tim's gonna be there and so oh, if tim's no. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Nice. as I understand it, Tim is planning on being there. How much of like it's Tim at a table with a bunch of games versus Tim at a table with a bunch of games for sale? Like, I'm not sure what the split on that is. Yeah, I don't know. Ed from uh, Flying Buffalo is coming too. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, I was actually talking with him earlier today online that um, I believe he's bringing a whole bunch of those Aegis counter trays. I believe so. I expect so, him to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause he was asking me, you know, Hey, you would be interested. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're nice too. They're a, they're a, they're yeah. a nice alternative. Well, and he sent us a handful last year and we gave them all away at origins last year. Mm-hmm. If you remember at the raffle, mm-hmm. uh, they were very popular raffle items last year. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And, and they seem to have been there. They ran the production run out by the way. Mm-hmm. And they're very getting, quickly, uh, if I recall, uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, comparative comparably to GMT running their counter trays out, which I assume they're flying out the door at a much higher pace than Flying Buffalo. But uh, that's great. I mean, they, it helps that they they got a lot of uh, attention when they they sent me some trays, they sent Stuka Joe some trays, and they sent Mo some trays. Yeah, lots of folks got trays, and hey, I somebody, yeah, I'll, I'll use these. These are great. Um, <laughs> that's why I that this is the actual reason why I bought this digital caliper so that I could measure the inside of those compartments accurately down to the, <laughs> down to the quarter millimeter. Those of you on audio only, which is pretty much everybody because we don't record the video on these things, Gary was actually holding up a digital caliber in the in, in the video that we are looking at each other with uh, that mm-hmm. nobody home can see. So, <laughs> um, so, it, it, David, so, hey, go ahead. I was going to ask Gary, so let's say, uh, so 
you know, you guys mentioned players, eight guys are going to be there. Russ mm-hmm. from cardboard complex are going to be there, etc. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can always, you can always get a pickup game of pretty much whatever. Right. And, um, yeah. and that's awesome. But Gary, what, tell me like the, the, the no kidding war room regulars, like what, how many, about how many people of that is, is that? And then if somebody walked into the room and wanted to get involved, would they be able to, if they hadn't scheduled ahead of time? So the, the, the reality of like large footprint games is that it's hard to get into it unless you've arranged to be in it, right? Um, and there's a number of reasons for that, that that mostly are simple reasons of practicality, right? If you are going to be playing this game for a week, do you want somebody coming into it completely cold? Possibly not. Um, um, you also, obviously, there's desirable to have like, you know, friendly events, right? Which is why the OCS game is, I think, a great opportunity for, to introduce new folks to OCS because it's Sicily. Um, it's it's they're going to be playing it for several days, but it's not like super high intensity. They're going to be able to get through it in a week at a very relaxed pace. Um, so that would be ideal. Um, yeah. uh, in my experience, having done this, having like been the person that shows up and you know without any like clear concept of what he is doing. Um, I don't ever want to actually do that anymore. I actually really strongly want to have uh, an idea of what I'm going to do before going in. Now, they do have uh, an event sign up on the, uh, there is room at the Labatt tables, by the way, I will mention that. Um, <clears throat> they do have an event sign up that's done through tabletop events, which appears to be down right now because he can't get to their database either. So, so there's that, but, um, it's amazing the, what a month of storms in California does to everybody's digital infrastructure. Apparently that's what it is. Amazon's running the entire planet's internet as far as I know right now. So apparently that's where their data center is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's very easy to get into, into a pickup stuff, but you'll also see stuff that's down on a table for a day or two right not necessarily for the right. whole week uh i think yeah. the first year i went might have been the second year uh, i played we played the dark valley it took us about two and a half days um and then we did other stuff so one thing just i i guess for anybody that might be interested in coming or whatever that doesn't have anything scheduled i i remember maybe the first year the second year i was there i walked into the war room i didn't know anybody um but i if, having said that like clearly the, you know you guys are you're in it in it you're you're deep involved etc cetera, etc cetera. but i was i just all i really wanted to do was kind of watch what was going on and kind of mm-hmm. learn etc and and just like it, the same situation at Origins with ongoing games. Everybody was super generous in ta- in terms of like mm-hmm. welcoming me, talking me through what was going on, etc. Mm-hmm. And that's that's awesome. You don't yeah. always get that, and it was a very welcoming community. Yeah, I mean, even the Labatai guys will be super friendly, and they'll they'll explain what's going on, and then they'll stop and argue about the rules, and then they'll <laughs> they'll go back to explaining what's going on, and then they'll go back to arguing about the rules so, so that i don't get a rules. nasty gram from dave about us making fun of them arguing about the rules whilst arguing about the rules they do manage to get through like three quarters of a full game in that oh yeah change yep. while the rest of us are just catching up like we're hanging out at a family reunion i mean to their credit they play a crap ton of that game mm-hmm. they just that's why they keep arguing about rules is because they keep finding you know new situations in the game to argue about that, but, can, that can tend to happen so um and you know 
there's a there's an extra variable uh, with Lavatai uh, as far as there are parallel rule sets and it's easy to get them mixed up. So uh, and that that's I'm sure the cause of some of the confusion. But uh, but these particular folks tend to have been playing Marie Louise pretty steadily. Um, so I anticipate no. And it, you know it was a friendly discuss a friendly but spirited discussion last year. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, there were no fisticuffs or, or invectives or insulting anybody's mother or anything like that. Not even a table. <laughs> Dave, back to, to kind of your question of, you know, if I'm a, a strap hanger, basically, right. I haven't made a whole lot of arrangements. I may not have signed up for a ton of stuff through tabletop dot events. If I'm walking in, what am I going to find? A lot of those small format games, like a lot of the stuff that I'm bringing are ones that, that, uh, you can always grab somebody and, and get a quick mm-hmm. game of, and, and you're going to get a lot of pickup games of those smaller footprint ones because there's not a big time commitment right hey we're going yeah. to lunch in two hours we got time to play a quick game of blah like fill in the oh yeah stuff. and there's plenty yeah. of room so there's side games too that yeah, will exactly. be you know the the ocs folks will be doing on the side right sometimes yeah. that'll be another smaller ocs game but that, <laughs> that does happen yeah and, and and the other thing that you'll see so this doesn't necessarily apply to like a coin game where it's the four guys that started the coin game going to sit there and play it all the way through but something that stays set up like an OCS game, it may be that four guys started the OCS game and three of them are there for the afternoon, but the fourth guy had something else to go do. You may be able to jump in and take that fourth guy's spot for a little bit and get coached through it as you go mm-hmm. and and yeah. learn a little bit about what you're doing and, and you know push some counters around and have a good time without having to commit to staying there for the next two days to see out the rest of the sessions. Yeah, that's harder to do with Labatt. That's harder to do. You, you're probably not doing that with the coin games because even though they're longer, you're going to play all that in one sitting. Oh, yeah. And there's not a lot of downtime in a coin game either where yeah. you're sitting in you know, an OCS game, depending on what OCS game you're talking about. You may have two hours, two to three hours between where you have to actually be at the table. Um, that's not going to be the case with Labatt using the Marie Louise rules. Um, and it's certainly not the case with coin stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, on the topic of, of sort of small format, short games, uh, or small, 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 whatever time period, small investment. Um, one of the most exciting things for me about the convention see- scene is uh, being able to play the large player count team games, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. I was talking to Russ <clears throat> and the player aids guys about maybe playing, uh, you know, just some quartermaster general or whatever, right? Short games, six players. Normally it's hard to to get six people together at one time. So lots of that in terms of pickup games, lots of opportunity for that kind of stuff, for sure. If you do one on Friday or Saturday, I am game to sit down and do a quartermaster general. Multi- I, I've, I haven't played in like eight years, so I'm happy to sit yeah. down and revisit. You, you'll have we to will, it. <laughs> I'm sure that we'll have uh, at least World War II and World War One, which are the best ones, in my opinion, uh, with us, for sure, between the people coming. I was just going to ask David, what new David Thompson creations are we going to see? Uh, I'll bring, so, uh, so I'll pimp another, a different convention while we're talking. So I've got my early copy of Undaunted Battle of Britain. I've got it in. So I'm going to take it to Circle DC, which is in a couple of weekends, right? So the end of March, beginning of April, that first weekend. Um, as, that'll as be the this first is getting time. released, you will be on your way to Circle DC. It will be happening okay. as this okay, is Okay, so... <laughs> so circle dc so i got it in time to take there uh so that'll be the first time it's ever played publicly it won't be released until june um but uh but i'll take it with me so if anybody's interested if anybody's listening and interested i'll have a copy of undaunted battle of britain with me at um at buckeye game fest and somebody wants to play a game i'm 
obviously more than happy. Um, and then I, I think probably I'll take some prototype stuff, the games I have in work. So I've got some narrative war game stuff that I've, I'm working on and a couple of other things. So, yeah. And, and to go ahead and, you know, spoil the plot for people looking forward, uh, the undaunted events at Origins that Dave is graciously GMing with us in the war game, in, in the, the war game central area there, the, the war game HQ, um, we're, we're planning on Battle of Britain. And, and at the time I had to submit the stuff to Origins, we just plugged it in as undaunted because we weren't 100% certain Battle of Britain was going to be ready, but it came through. So so that's the plan right now is we're doing Battle of Britain uh, at Origins also and, and should have some copies available there both as prizes and potentially for sale with one of the vendors so um so you get you you get a preview of it at bgf or at circle dc and then come on into origins and come play with us again there so yep yeah that'll be awesome i'm looking forward to that i uh yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what else you've got in prototype stage because there's always fun stuff there so yeah yep gary i i accidentally cut you off man what were you gonna ask there i don't remember i oh. just was gonna say david bring bring night witches if you can because i want to i want to take a look at that That's you know what's funny oh so we'll we'll see uh liz so we only have one so liz and i always do all of our our uh so uh, let me Night Witches. Maybe there's some people listening that aren't familiar with Night Witches. Night Witches is a Soviet uh, night bomber unit, right, during World War II. So all all woman uh, night bomber unit. So Liz Davidson, Beyond Solitaire, awesome podcast. Listen to it if you haven't already. Um, she and I are co-designing the game. Uh, it's coming along. It's super, super light, quick playing, accessible game, because that's kind of, was kind of our target going in. Uh, so we do all of our work, our design work on Tabletop Simulator. Liz does have a physical copy i had one made and sent to her uh we had it sent to her to take to circle dc so we'll see what happens but if there's interest if, if people are genuinely interested i can get a physical copy and made and take it to Buckeye well, game fest for sure so i i think gary has indicated he is interested so that's at i least think one. so i think we yes. flagged some interest so i think Absolutely. i'm gonna take it i'll i'll, I'll get a copy. topic can't wait yep. to see it so yep all right so that's one <laughs> There we go. That's enough. It's a sol- it's a it's a solitaire game, so I think one player's enough. Yeah. Going back to uh other BGF stuff. Um again, run by uh you know, look, the, the Venn diagram overlap of CABS members and BGF staffers is like a perfect circle. Just a matter of what hat they're wearing on any given day. Um, again, huge library of stuff to check out and most of it non-wargaming, but a remarkably robust wargame library as well. Uh, Dave, you mentioned sort of those gaming omnivores that are, are willing to sit down and play whatever. You were playing a bunch of different stuff, not in the war room last year. What were a couple of the things that, that you were playing last year while you were in there? Oh, oh, I don't You know, it's hard for me to remember, but here, here's the funny thing about it. So right now for Buckeye Game Fest, I'm planning to play games with RP, both RPGs and war games with uh, the Player's Aid guys, Russ from Cardboard, um, uh, Cardboard Conflicts, um, so I'm going to play war games with them some. I'll, I'll make my way into the war room and, and, and watch what's going on. But I've got a bunch of 
from where I work, I work, I'm a DOD guy, my day job. And as you can imagine, working for Department of Defense, there's a lot of nerds. So there's a lot of gamers. <laughs> and so a lot of my coworkers who I never get the chance to play games with are both RPGers and board gamers. And so they're coming to the convention. And so I've got a whole day set aside just to play with my coworkers. And we're playing, we're playing, you know, uh, what a search for planet nine, which is like a Euro game. We're playing an That's RPG. a pretty cool game too, I, I think. I, I've not even played it before. This will be my first time playing it. We're playing um, a, uh, I think we're going to try to do some RPGs, right? Uh, we've been playing Blades in the Dark. Do you know that, Gary? Yes, you I do. Actually, I've played it. It's very good. If you like uh, yeah. roguery and a sort of steampunk fantasy city, that's kind of the, the, the shtick. Yeah. It's, it's pretty It's pretty cool for, for, it does what it wants to do very well. Yeah. Yeah, so very excited. So so here's the thing, right? So that basically the point is, I'm going to spend one day playing with a bunch of coworkers. We're going to play a bunch of Euro games and RPGs and, and Artemis, as I said before. And if people aren't, if they're like, what are you talking about when you say Artemis? We're talking about basically it's Star Trek without being called Star Trek. It's a bridge simulator where everybody's, you know, it's it's run by professionals, so it's really really well run. But you're taking the role of a you know a Star Trek uh, officer or whatever on the on the bridge, and you're all playing this you know this four or five person multiplayer. The helm, the weapons, the comms, the science guy, the captain, and exactly. and everybody has information somebody else on the bridge needs. Right, and right. it's fantastic. And it's, a, it's unbelievable. It's just a fantastic like man. I just can't believe how how good it feels to play as a team in that in that. So we'll play that, and then I'm gonna go and i'm gonna play with you know the players a guy we're gonna play some some war games and rust and stuff so it's just i i it's just the perfect blend for a person like me who who straddles all these different uh spheres of gaming right it's just the perfect blend of of everything you could possibly want in one convention yeah yeah i i uh Last year, I jumped into two runs for the Artemis. I walked around a bunch, took a lot of pictures and videos. I did get a full game of Song for War in with those guys. Hope they're back again this year. I I did the events that I was signed up to to run as a part of it. Uh, I, I was looking at maybe jumping into one of the coin games that the guys were doing. I think it was Friday night was when... They, they had sort of like five different coin games all going at once, but there were two or three people that had never played any of them. So I stepped back and let those guys do it. Cause, cause I've played a lot of the coin games. The, the first five of them, I've played a bunch. And so I sort of stepped back and let some of some other folks jump into those. Um, but yeah, you're right. A ton of different options to, to be able to jump yeah. on there. So and we also played a, a, a PAX Premier, a game of PAX Premier, right? There was a lot of that going on too. So you had your little uh, solo train set board game. So the, the train route, simulator thing going on that you brought yes yeah, somebody i can't I, man this is embarrassing i can't remember who asked me somebody asked me to bring my game uh switch and signal and i i demoed it for somebody or played it for somebody and i can't remember who it was that's that's i hope whoever it was is not listening and offended by by me not remembering it but it all blends <laughs> together right yeah but uh yeah well and so you know down below this the 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 podcast episode here or in the, in the description i've also got the links back to our coverage from bgf from last year and so you can take a look there's a bunch of pictures and some video that I took um, in the other game rooms, not just the war room. So you take a look and see what Artemis Bridge Simulator looks like. You can take a look and see the kinds of things that were being played in the other room. The one that I remember, um, so the Thunder Alley uh, racing game. It's it, NASCAR with it. That's, you know, not being called NASCAR. Uh, first of all, the designers are local. Uh, Jeff and Carla are cabs members They're They, I don't know if they still are. They were for a long time, but they're local there to Columbus. And, and so 
not only do they have some Thunder Alley stuff, but somebody actually gets out a giant ping pong sized table and lays out a big track where they put matchbox cars on it. Instead of moving counters around a cardboard map, you've got this four times size um, uh, Thunder Alley game that they'll get down at one end of the building. And uh, and so that's that's a fun way to do things. Um, there was it was rising sun was going somewhere in there um yeah I, I i'm there's always a couple of ticket to ride games there's always a couple of carcassones and terraforming marses this you can always count on a bunch of those but you're going to see some really off the wall stuff that that you don't see very often because because there's always the one person that goes into the cabs library and says all right give me the game that's been checked out the least i want to play that one <laughs> there's always that weirdo in there somewhere so well, and you know what you guys talked about before. This is probably when you think about the cabs library and how how whatever robust it is, and this small number of people, relatively speaking, at, at Buckeye Game Fest, you're going to be hard pressed to ever find a better library to player ratio, right? Than oh, what I'm... you're going to get at Buckeye Game Fest. There's right? no way so there's a you... better one anywhere. <laughs> right, right. So when you think about like, let's say you know a game like Heat, which which I don't know if you guys are tracking on, but it's a it's the newest Days of Wonder game, right? It's a it's a racing game, super popular, and it's out of print because they didn't print enough copies. It was between printings, whatever you want to call it. They didn't print enough copies of it. Uh, I don't know this for a fact, so don't nobody quote me, but. Uh, my suspicion is that cabs, the cabs library probably has a copy of it. So you have this opportunity to get in there and play, you know, some of the newer hotness games that you probably wouldn't have if you were at origins, right? Cause it would just be checked out the entire time. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, thumbing through the gallery that we had from last year. Uh, there was an actual twilight Imperium game going on. Yeah. I they remember seeing still, that. Oh yeah. They might still yeah. be sitting there playing that one. They might. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well, I, probably... I'm given to understand that the current game takes less time to play. Yeah. It's only eight hours instead of right. 16, 12. Yeah. 16. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think there were probably multiple games. I mean, when, when you're in that big, that big uh, open room, they were, yeah. there were definitely multiple games of Twilight Imperium going on during the, while I was there. And as yeah. David alluded to, it's a great event to get in a big games, regardless of what your definition of big game is, right? If big game to you means Lovatide and Mont St. John that we're going to be playing for a week, well, we can accommodate that. If big game to you means Empire of the Sun that takes five or six hours to play, if it's Twilight Imperium, whatever, that takes eight hours to play or Civilization or whatever. Um, Here I Stand is another one where it's, it's almost always played at conventions because it's really need six people for it right those yeah. kinds of games are that are are what a convention an event like buckeye game fest is really really good at yep yeah absolutely and and also it's an opportunity for you to check out uh not necessarily check out from the library but but to explore uh some newer larger title or or potentially expensive title that you're not a hundred percent sure on without having to sink 120 bucks into it play with with, you know the guy who's already sunk 120 bucks into it let them show you how it goes and then uh and then make your own better informed decision after that so yeah. i i think that's i think that is helpful yeah and I, I think the one thing that that runs the full like across the entire convention right so we talked about the war room and we talked about the, the the main hall and the rpg room and all that the one thing that definitely you get across the entirety of the convention is that everyone is willing to it's it's a very friendly community mm-hmm. that's the one thing that i will say that no matter where you go you know if, if people are, are constantly you know, looking for gamers looking for teachers welcoming pl- new players etc 
So no matter what room you walk into while you're there, you're going to be warmly welcomed. Uh, yeah. 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 And, and yeah. they want to help find you a game, but they're not those, you know, aggressive department store perfume salespeople. Oh, yeah, right. You know, yeah. They're trying to tackle you to rope you into a game. That's it's not quite right. that bad. So. Right. Exactly. No, no. It's it's genuinely people who are friendly people looking for, you know, welcoming you to a game or looking for a game or whatever. Yeah. Here comes the 10th season of the Armchair Dragoons podcast, mentioned in Dispatches. Let's thank all of our Patreon supporters who pledged at the top level. A huge thank you to Staggerwing, Martok, Patrick Garrity, Fred and his dog, Mike Quigley, Joseph Knorr, Treb Corey, Robert, Patrick Mullen, Kevin Bertram, Chet Bell and Hellcat6 for their support of the Armchair Dragoons in helping us to bring you the best strategy gaming content on the web. You too can sign up as a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash armchair dragoons. So Gary, I understand part of the plan here is you're going live from BGF from the war room, similar to what you did at Winterfest. We are absolutely going to make the attempt. It may fail, um, <laughs> but we did manage to succeed at, at Winterfest. So I have some confidence that we'll be able to do that. Um, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll actually start doing bandwidth testing and that kind of stuff. And we'll have a a, a table set aside for broadcasting and recording purposes that is conveniently located right next to the Wi-Fi hotspot, which is literally hanging on a hook on the wall <laughs> um, that uh, they still have not actually permanently mounted the Wi-Fi access points. I don't know why. Are, are they thinking that people are going to at some point give up on Wi-Fi and not want it? They might, considering the general shabbiness of the Wi-Fi at that facility. But the big surprise is how has nobody not walked out with the access points? <laughs> Uh, that's that's kind of what I am confused about. <laughs> Probably because they know it's shitty and don't want. Yeah, to- <laughs> who wants the shitty access point? <laughs> if you're gonna steal one, steal a good one. Yeah. Um, so for media folks, uh, we're gonna be there. You're gonna be there. Players Aid's gonna be there. Uh, Russ is gonna be there. Who else do we think might? We- Mike from My Own Worst Enemy is not going to be there. That's why oh, that's he's unfortunate. Us on the podcast tonight. Um, yeah, he you know the man there. versus the man versus people. People have been there in the in the past. I don't know if they're coming this year or not. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was thinking I sort of the war game specific crowd. Yeah, right, right, you know, right. Gary knew of that was going to be there. Uh, not off the top of my head. Uh, not not from the sort of content creator space anyway. I mean, we've got several of them, you know, have been mentioned already, like I said. Yeah. We we will not get just a guard. He will be in New Zealand at the time. Well, and he's in Seattle. It's not really convenient to fly. Having done it in the last 13 months or so, <laughs> um, it, it is not particularly convenient to fly from Columbus to Seattle and or vice versa. So Yes, but, but even if he were so inclined, he will actually be in New Zealand. I hope he's visiting Hobbiton. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Uh, but but I will explain in, in, in a few minutes. Um I, I'm not sure who so I mean Dan can't he's not allowed out of Canada. I think there's a restraining order that the rest of the world has <laughs> to keep Dan in Canada. I'm pretty sure he's on the terrorist watch list. Probably. Um and I don't think we can get Mo because like there's still hockey playoffs or something at that time. So uh I'm I'm not sure we can get Mug. Plus 
you know, at, at any point that the percentage of non-war games exceeds 10%, Mo is suddenly not interested. So. Well, though, <laughs> that might be. Well, no, that's not really. I mean, facetiously, okay. But, I mean, there's trust me, there's some non-war games happening at Compass Expo. So, I, um, Mo. <laughs> I mean, some of them are by Compass, in fact. But, uh, there's, I mean, there's plenty of wargaming action. And uh, I personally like to see, uh, I don't, what one of the things that I don't see very, I don't feel like I see very much you know other than compass expo is compass stuff getting uh played on tables at conventions and maybe that's just the conventions i go to that's very plausible uh but we're gonna bust that up this year at origins with third world war so so there's that and actually we're talking about there there is talk of fatal alliances for uh compass expo in 2023 too which i'm super excited about if that happens i will literally plan which compass expo i'm going to based on the chances of getting into fatal alliances i've had brief border wars on the table at three of the last yeah. four conventions I've been to. Mm-hmm. And that's a great uh, light, short convention game, too. Well, that... So Gary, plus, I don't know... There's four games in the box, so you can get at least two of them running simultaneously. If you got an extra deck. Which I do. Yes, you do now, yes. <laughs> so, Gary, I don't know... Don't hate me. I don't know Fatal Alliances. What is that? It is the World War One version of World in Flames. Ah, oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... It it runs in roughly real time. Ah. <laughs> ah. No, you could get through a big. First of all, World War One runs faster than World War Two does because there's less units. Um, there's less map um and uh less rules generally speaking um but also if we were to play we talked about this at winterfest about doing world and flames for next year and we believe we could get a a couple solid years of play in in the course of that week so uh, i don't know that we would finish but you you might if you can hit 1943 you might end up reaching a decision point so yeah there was so for folks that don't know world and flames massive i mean it's it's sort of the uber game of world war ii that is is several echelons below what you think is practical for playing the entire globe <laughs> i mean am i wrong isn't that a relative well it doesn't have a map for antarctica like absolute victory does so but it uh i think absolute victory is at like core or army level whereas world in flames is like at platoon level or something oh it's a uh, world in flame no world in flames is a core level but there are also divisional level the quote-unquote divisions yes um i'm not 100 percent clear on what this unit scale is supposed to be in absolute victory it's at least army level though yeah well but the uh <laughs> so the world in flames guys uh because again you know like we we australian design group like it's one of the ones that i track for tuesday newsday um they actually have an upcoming World in Flames. It's the World in the, the Wifcon. Wifcon. World yep. in Flames Con. This is not the first one either. They've <laughs> no, been doing not. this for a while. Yeah, this is the 2023 edition. It it will start on Friday, July 28th. Um, and the last day of play is Saturday, August 5th. Yeah, that's about a week. Yes. Right? Um, due to the size of the facility, we will be limited to only three games, 18 players max. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So when I we mean, did the little pop-up uh, OCS thing in columbus when i say we i was not involved in this i showed up for like an afternoon but i wasn't there uh about yeah beyond that but there was a pop-up super top secret ocs playtest con that was held in columbus during covid really um and I mean, they probably had 15 to 20 people. I think he said they drew 18 people and it was a small room. I mean, there was probably, that room was probably no no bigger than 500 square feet and they, yeah. it was fine. 
they, they you could fit that many people in there. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I, I got a kick out of the fact that they're gonna have 18 guys playing three games for the entire week. They're gonna play the one game for the whole week. Um, and and honestly, probably still not finish. They might so, not. They might not. But then again, the go fuck going to WiffCon are not noobs, okay? So they ought to know what they're doing. Yeah, they they ought to at least know what they're getting into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I that that one did catch my eye. So as we're talking Buckeye Game Fest stuff, I was just going to ask, you know, in in terms of other smaller conventions, Gary, you mentioned sort of Compass Con, and we all know about Winterfest. Uh, Aside from the concept expos and the the origins of the world, any other smaller ones that, that you've made it to lately that that you know a little more on the wargaming side that that you had a good time with i i know covid kind of fucked everything up for a yeah of there, but. lately no not really um so the other things that are kind of on the radar though are winter offensive that's mmp's event in january in near maryland uh it's in maryland it's near baltimore um and that's a good event but it's dominated by asl and gcacw and a handful of other things uh just a, i mean it could be a table or two of like everything else running there yeah. um but uh uh, Kansas City Historical Games Fest actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's theoretically drivable from where mm-hmm. I'm at. That sounds like a pain, but it's theoretically drivable. The problem with it theoretically drivable is I got to take like two extra days to get yeah. there and back, right? And that that makes that that's fairly unappealing to take to have entire two two days of personal time at work just to burn just driving. Right. So that makes flying a much more attractive option to Kansas City. And last I checked airfares to Kansas City, they were fairly expensive. Um, San Diego Historical Games Convention is another one that I've had my eye on. It's a pretty small event, a couple hundred people. Um, a lot of you rub shoulders with a lot of big shots, get your ass kicked in Empire of the Sun by Mark Herman, all that stuff. So that's that's not. Uh, the way what I'm telling them at the moment is I am not yet mathematically eliminated from that. <laughs> and I'll point out that there's two Compass Expos this year. There's one in the spring in May and one in the fall at the regular Veterans Day weekend date. And I'll go to yeah. one of the two, but I don't know which one yet. Yeah. So, David, obviously, like, you know, your publishers are dragging you into a handful of these. Are you going to make it to Spiel this year? So uh, I would love to make it to Spiel. Uh, I have not seen my, so I haven't seen any of the folks that I used to sort of hang out with in the, when I lived in the UK since 2019, when I was at Spiel then, right? So if I did go to Spiel this year, it would give me the chance to see all of those people. Having said that, probably not because the 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 time investment for flying and the extreme cost of Spiel makes it kind of out of touch. So we'll see. Uh, I'll definitely be at Gen Con because I'll have a couple of new games with Osprey there. Definitely be at Origin. Hey, are they they Origins making hotel is- reservations for you at Gen Con too? Uh, I'm not asking if they're so- paying for it. <laughs> I'm asking you if they're making the reservations because so that's worth put, at least $200 for Gen Con. Let me, let me put it this way. I'm not going to Gen Con unless Osprey's making the, the reservations and paying for it. There you go. So, there you go. Yeah. So, so I don't, I mean, I'm, I'll, I mean, any I'll, convention I'll, is a lot more fun when someone else is footing the bill. Somebody of else course. For it. Here's, I hope I don't offend anybody when I say this. Uh, Gen Con is not my first choice of conventions to go to. So I'm only going there if if Osprey wants me to be there because games are being released. Yeah. Uh, I will go to Origins because Origins is great. I like Origins. Uh, like Gary, I would love to go to SD HistCon. And I'm talking the, the West, you know, the West mm-hmm. one that's Veterans yep. Day weekend, etc. Uh, it's expensive to fly to, to San Diego. Yeah. It it's, is. 
ridiculously expensive. So we'll see if that happens. And I, and I you know I mentioned earlier that I'll be at, at uh, uh, Circle DC. I have never been to WBC. Me I either. would love to go to WBC. So we'll see if that happens. I don't know. Yeah, the other problem you have with San Diego, like again, you know, Gary, one of the reasons Winterfest can do what they do is that the, you know, they ha- they almost have to pay you to stay at the hotel. It's in Dusky in February. Yeah. There is they're they're practically paying us to stay in those rooms. <laughs> there there is no off season in San Diego. Right. I mean, there's right. there's no right. bad weather season at which you can get so, this kind of hotel room. What's what's funny is I, I just looked at the tickets today. Right, thinking, oh Jesus! The reason that the tickets are so expensive is it's Veterans Day weekend. Nope, they're just always expensive. Yeah, yeah, no, no kidding. Um, the you know Circle DC would have been great if I could have done it. Um, I just I only have so many bullets in the gun that I can fire to get away from work, and uh, and and I'm not dragging family along with me either. Um, so you know it's it there are limited ones that I can get away for. That's one of the reasons Circle DC is not happening. Uh, one of the other things is you know not necessarily that I I'm having somebody else pay for the convention but ones where i don't have to foot the bill which is why the columbus ones like origins and bgf are so attractive um is i stay with mom and dad like my parents live in columbus so um the uh you know being able to stay there uh it makes makes those conventions very easy to do The other thing that I'm going to be doing uh, the same week as Buckeye Game Fest is uh, you're going to be seeing a bunch of Armchair Dragoons coverage from the Gamma Expo and Trade Show this year because we were picked for the hosted media program with Gamma. Uh, I had no idea, you know, I don't know if we were like two of three people that applied to, you know, if, if. we were two of the organizations picked out of three total that applied, or if we were two organizations picked out of, cause I think there's only one other hosted media organization. Um, if it was the two of us out of 50, like I, it, did they throw darts at a dartboard that like, I don't know how we got picked, but we did. So I assume a clerical error was made. I, I have no doubt. Um, but the, the other thing is, so I, I, I had emailed back just to ask a clarification on the, the message that said, you know, Hey, you've been picked. Here's what we've got. You know, this is, you know, we're, we're covering your hotel. We're taking care of these things for you. And, uh, and, and so here's what you got to do for all of these things. And I emailed back just a real quick, you know, Hey, I think I'm reading this correct, but I just want to confirm that what I'm reading is, is actually there. And within like 30 minutes, I had a reply from the executive director of Gamma, not just saying, yes, you did read that right. But I'm also really looking forward to talking to you about Wargaming at Origins. So they know exactly who I am. Ooh, nice. (laughs) And I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I got to assume they're under new management. Yeah. Well, they have been for the last couple of years, um, but yeah, uh, I'm uh, now now I've kind of got the willies. Like, you know, is this is this a good thing that they know who I am, or should I be scared crapless at this point? Well, what is what is Jason Matthews' position with Gamma now? Uh, Jason is a board member, but I don't know that Jason was in the decision making cycle for Gamma, the, this program at right. Gamma. Um, right. I'm expecting to see him at Gamma Expo because he's a board member. Right. Like, they got to sort of be there. Um, but, but this was, this was John Stacy, the executive director that had emailed me back. Okay. okay. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've dealt with, it's going to make me sound way more important than I actually am. I've dealt with a bunch of the executive directors over the years for different reasons. Um, when I was living in Columbus and a grad student at Ohio state, I had worked with Anthony Galela a bunch because we did a big research project that, that we partnered with Gamma to do. And so I got to know Anthony through that. And Anthony and I are still friends today. Like we, you know, living in Columbus, we'd go to soccer games together a bunch and hang out some and, and, and we've been friends for years. John Ward took over from Anthony and, and that was when I'd left town also. 
John and I, I, I dealt with John a bunch when we first started up the Wargaming program again at Origins, and then also for some uh, some of the Origins War College stuff over the years. John and I didn't always see eye to eye on a lot of things, <laughs> probably most things. The one great thing about John Ward that I always liked is anytime you had a question about what it was they were doing, John would always take the time to explain it to you. Um, you wouldn't always agree with his reasoning, but he would always take the time to say, this is why I made the decision I did. You were never left wondering why something was done. Um, again, you might disagree with it, but you were never wondering why. John Stacy, who is the current executive director, I have not dealt with nearly as much. The main person we deal with at Origins for the Wargaming event stuff is their event manager, Paul McGraw. And, and, and I, I can't ever think of a single bad thing to say about Paul. The, the dude is a wonderful guy to work with. We've been working with him for over a decade now, dealing with event stuff there. Paul is, is one of those guys that just makes problems go away. I don't know how he does it. The dude just fixes everything that comes anywhere near him. And, and he's a great dude to work with. And so we've worked with him way more than we've worked with, uh, with John Stacy over the years at this point. But I've had some, you know, some some exchanges with John about trying to do more support for wargaming at Origins, and and I guess now he wants to actually talk to me about it at Gamma Expo. So we'll see. Gary, you and I had talked about this once before, but I don't remember if it was on a podcast or just a separate phone call. But uh, I, I do want to throw an appeal out there. Look, we're, we're planning on talking Buckeye Game Fest, but I do want to throw this out because this is going to be released in plenty of time for people to make decisions about Origins. One of the issues that people have complained about over the years with Origins, and it is a fair complaint, is that Origins doesn't pay enough attention to wargaming. I, and, and I get it. Like I, I've I've watched wargaming dwindle over the last 20 years in, at, at Origins and, and been pushing that rock uphill for a decade trying to help bring it back and, and gary you i'm not saying anything you haven't seen as well right right no i we we you know we're uh we're we're in broad alignment on this there are reasons to choose origins as a wargamer and reasons to choose not origins as a wargamer and and where you are i've actually come around a lot on this uh is is i think the ideal place for you to be given what you are doing at origins which is kind of increasing visibility making sure that wargaming analog wargaming especially although you do have a couple of digital events um has a, a kind of a show place on the on that giant uh, marquee that is the origins gaming floor right yeah yeah but the 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 point that came up in the conversation gary and i were having and again i i don't know that this was on a podcast i think it was just a discussion you and i were having one day about some of the convention plans is one of the reasons that Origins ignores the Wargamers is the Wargamers aren't there. It's very easy to ignore people that aren't in the room. And and I get that it's it's this vicious cycle of, well, they ignore us, so we're not going to show up. Well, we're not there, so it's easier to ignore us. Well, we're not going to show up because they ignore us. At some point, somebody's got to take that first step. And yes. so if the, if, if the Wargamers want to be taken more seriously by Origins and want to be considered more by Origins, you got to show up and you got to show up more than just once. You've got to show that you're going to be a consistent, meaningful presence at the convention mm -hmm. in order to get your voice heard and to have it matter. We've gotten to the point now where we have a lot of flexibility and 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 a little bit of cachet to pull off things in the in, in the gaming hall as a part of the Wargaming program because we've been a consistent presence there for almost a decade. Next year will be the 10th year that we've been doing the Wargaming program there. Um, it'll be 10 years. It won't be the 10th year because we lost the COVID year. You should ask them if you can bring an M5 Stewart next for next year. Uh, you know, if if we were Hasbro, we could do and Let that. Hasbro do it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> they, Hasbro got away with it. Yeah. 
for the uh, sake of Axis and allies and zombies too, yeah. which is damn disappointing. Let me tell you, as, as Jim Ozarski put it, it was the it was the answer to a question that absolutely no one was asking. But but seriously, you know the 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 reason Buckeye Game Fest gives the War Room a lot of latitude for kind of self supervising is there are a lot of war gamers that sh- I mean the the percentage of war gamers at Buckeye Game Fest relative to overall con attendance is pretty high compared to most other general board games conventions and, yes and, and and that's that's not a controversial statement that's mathematical fact no that's true the, and and but here's another variable there that that uh, you and i have talked about so i know you know this but folks might not so when when you're a convention organizer and you're arranging with a location to host the event especially if it's an event happening over multiple days when that uh, that facility is a hotel. Part of your deal is probably going to be that here's the rate, and then here's the rate if you sell so many person nights of hotel rooms that are associated with the convention, right? And this uh, Buckhead Game Fest is held at the Hyatt in downtown Columbus. It's a huge convention hotel. It's 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 not held. Buckhead Game Fest is not at the convention center, but it's at one of the adjacent hotels that easily by itself holds enough convention space and meeting space to swallow 10 BGFs and nobody would notice. Yep. Um, so frankly, the, the 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 BGF people, and they've told me this, so I don't feel and I, they didn't put they didn't have me sign an NDA or anything. So now I'm telling everybody. <laughs> Um, they love the war room because the war the attendees of the war room tend to buy hotel tend to stay at the hotel. I'm yep. staying at the hotel. So that's five or six, whatever it is, man nights just from me alone. And if there's a you know another 10 people there, that that eats up a huge chunk of the the uh required man nights at the hotel that they uh, the that the convention wants to, to use because then they have to pay the venue a lot less. So yeah, yeah. So that was probably I'm very fatigued, and that's probably a thoroughly half-assed explanation of this. But <laughs> but that's the way it works. The convention wants to sell hotel rooms because that's in their contract, and the war room sells hotel rooms to a much greater at a much greater rate than the regular event attendees do. Yes. Yeah, and but but even so, I mean, it, having the war room open for several days ahead of time certainly yes. makes it more attractive to war gamers. But but even so, folks like me that aren't there for the entire you know week of the war room, mm-hmm. look in, in part because I'm going to be in Reno with Gamma, right? But that's horror brand. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Even if I wasn't going to be in in Reno again, I still wasn't going to be there early enough to get there for the war room because there's only so many days I can I get away to do this stuff. Um, it's still a, a you know, You'd be amazed high- how many extra days can be arranged for when it's an all expenses paid trip to Reno. Okay, okay, geez. Um, but there's there's still a lot of war gamers that'll be there just for the weekend. Buckeye Game oh, yeah. Fest pays attention to the war gamers because the war gamers show up. Yes, Origins can afford to not pay attention to the war gamers because the war gamers don't show up. Right. No, and, that's absolutely and, right. You know, if if all the D and D players said "fuck it," we're not going to Origins anymore. Origins would have to pay attention. That's three thousand people. Now we're not going to get three thousand war gamers to show up at origins we can't get 3,000 wargamers to agree on anything much less all showing up at the same convention but if if you want origins
diligence to pay attention to wargamers and to wargaming. You've got to be there. It's got to be more than a one year thing because the first year you show up, they're going, oh, hey, there's a bunch of wargamers here. And and they're not going to, you know, great. We got a bunch of wargamers this year. Let's see if they come back next year. Uh, it, it's going to take a couple of years for them to really pay attention to you and to actually care. And this, this goes for the vendors also. We'd, we'd love to have more wargame vendors there. I'm not going to tell wargame vendors they need to show up and lose money, though, because I want these guys to stay in business. The reality nice. is the first year you're there, folks are going to go, oh, hey, there's a wargame company here. Oh, that's kind of cool. And if if it's somebody they haven't seen before, folks are going to go, oh, hey, I should check this stuff out. This is new. This is neat. This is different, right? The novelty factor is going to kick in. The second year you're there, people go, oh, these guys are back again. Oh, hey, cool. What do you got that's new this year? By the third year, they're expecting you to be there. They're looking for you. They're planning on finding you to do stuff. Um, and and this is, that's one of the lessons I learned when I was a vendor there, but it's also one of the lessons that, that you will hear from other vendors, from, you know, Don at Enterprise Games. The first year he was there, people weren't really sure what he was doing or what he was so now war gamers are looking for enterprise games you know mm-hmm. when when flying pig first started people were oh hey mark's got a new company and then by the third year where is mark's company like they were looking for flying pig to be there somewhere mm-hmm. so yeah, lord knows don gets a decent amount of my origins budget so <laughs> usually in spare copies of commands and colors napoleonics yes well you did that to yourself i did that to myself so um actually i just didn't want to go back home to get the damn pieces so <laughs> I could have just driven home and probably been back in an hour, but and that would have been a huge sticker. It, would, it was bought. it was less of a pain for me to pay seventy five dollars, whatever it costs, for a new copy of Commands and Colors Napoleonics. Outweighed the pain in the ass it would have taken me to go home, come back, drive around for half an hour looking for a place to park because I gave up the good parking spot, pay again to park. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'll, well, hey, I can have an extra copy of Commands and Colors Napoleonics. Why not? Yeah. Sure. Now Why I got to find a place on a shelf for it, but that's my <laughs> problem. Now, your convention experience may differ from mine, but I I have like literally never, as a consumer at a convention, I have literally never approached a vendor in that way. If I approach a vendor's table, I know what they have. I don't need to ask, hey, what's new? I've already done the research. (laughs) Um, So I'm not even kidding. I mean, if it's it's like a destination vendor booth, I I have already done the legwork. Um, Now, that's not to say that there's not like neat stuff to see that I didn't plan on or foresee because there's always tons and tons of that is the dex gdex people going to be there at origins this year to be there again this year okay so you're gonna have a whole bunch of digital dudes right in the middle of the exhibit hall again this year yep and nobody talking to any of them (laughs) uh one so i you know putting on the journalist hat i've always made it a point to go find all of those small press folks you know the the one the one product company that's sort of tucked in the crappiest possible booth you can get in the back corner of the exhibit hall and go talk to those guys and find out what they've got just because it might be something kind of cool it might be crap but it might be something kind of cool and you can find some really you know as 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 one of the guys pointed out at the very first convention i was ever at look whiz kids started in a 10 by 10 booth somewhere Mm -hmm. so did wizards of the coast so did wizards of the coast and shucking the peter atkinson personally shucking the primal order which i i probably bought directly from pete thinking about it at the at a gen con yeah um it, look, we, we had Chris Premus on the very first episode. Mm-hmm. Green Ronin started in one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah, but Chris, Chris, in fairness, Chris was not a noob when they started Green Ronin. Th- so. This is true. 
but but they started in a 10 by 10 booth with mm-hmm. like three products uh but yeah i mean everybody starts somewhere uh dvg would have started in the tiniest little booth before david made him a runaway hit maker i'm i'm kidding like it's not all david's games that are making dvg a runaway hit maker. but we, we had to throw david a bone because he's here so um but yeah go find all those little dudes and go talk to those little guys and find out what they've got and you know and 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 make it a point there but you know you've you've got to show up to get the folks to pay attention to you and that's that's the big key in all of that Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. so in that context though um what what i think that looks like in terms of long-term wargaming strategy at or at origin specifically is uh a a a lean away from monster game uh to to be completely truthful um, you got a game that takes a couple days to play, like say I've got to pick an old game. Of course, Victory Game Civil War, you play that in two days. Um, that's different, but you know, stuff that you're going to need to play for a week at a time is is not a good fit for these events anymore. Uh, these four day events, which is what makes Buckeye Game Fest and the very small handful of other full week events um, yeah. really priceless, right? These are the games. If you if you don't have any war gamers near you that want to, you want to play. I want to play OCS, but I can't because there's nobody that plays OCS here in Bugfuck Ohio. Um, <laughs> I actually, you might be surprised about the OCS playing population of Bugfuck Ohio, but the you know you can go to Buckeye Game Fest and get into a five or six day game. Um, yeah. And that's a luxury you don't necessarily have at a at a big convention that ha- that is trying to be as much as possible for everybody. Um, and, and, now, on the other and, hand, for conversely, for the, the sort of the Omni gamer that wants to play a bunch of different stuff, even a bunch of different war games, you'll you'll vouch that there are folks who show up at the at the Dragoons zone at Origins every year and play nothing else and just play every game that happens there. And it's different stuff every time. Yeah. Um, so for folks who want to try a lot of different stuff or try new stuff, uh, Origins is a wonderful event, right? Yeah. Especially if you're into multiple kinds of games. If you're also into card games or RPGs or whatever, it's 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 a really strong RPG convention. Yeah, we, we've got three or four people that that show up with us they they build their schedule around our cpxs and then figure out what other war games they can play around mm-hmm. that and and they basically sort of set up shop with us and 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 the outside observer might think they are part of our staff because they are there <laughs> as much as our staff and for some well, reason you, like all of them are named scott it's just you really do need to give them t-shirts so that they can just pretend that they are on staff uh it's it's crossed my mind on occasion so that that has actually come up so well brand you guys you know i know we're we're here to talk about ostensibly Buckeye Game Fest, but on the topic of Origins, before we leave it, you know, uh, you guys last year, so first of all, let's say, you know, I, I go to Origins for the first time four or five years ago when I moved here, yeah. and the your guys' area is kind of the only area that feels like a home spot, right? You can you can browse the, the vendor area, you can go into the massive open game area, whatever, but if you just want to go to an area that, that feels like a little bit of a home, and you can squat and play some stuff that you feel comfortable doing that your guys area is that but but even last year you know uh tim you, you mentioned from catastrophe yep. was 
was previewing some stuff. Uh, yeah. I got to meet uh, Kevin Bertram in person for the first time to demo Force Votes for Women, which was yeah. the game I was most looking forward to playing last year. And I got to, to play it early there. It looks um, really good. So it's, it's amazing. It's awesome. And it's just yeah. like you don't you don't get that opportunity everywhere, right? It's super, it's a super chill environment where you also have the opportunity to play some games that you're really looking forward to playing early and that, and that kind of stuff. So it affords a lot of opportunity in that regard. Yeah. We're, we're going to have both catastrophe and Fort circle back again with us this year. We, we got a limited dose of Fort circle last year. Just Kevin had to leave because he had a family thing come up. But he's going to have Tori and Jason with him this year, so, so it's going to be a little more robust. We're, we're actually going to talk a bunch about Origins on our, our season finale at the end of the spring here because it'll be our last podcast before we're all loading up to head off to Origins. So well, we're, if we're I'm gonna not going to be on that show, allow me to demand power and Wi-Fi at the Armchair Dragoons area for this year. <laughs> we uh, we had one but not the other last year, but yes, we will, we will make those arrangements um, for this year. So uh, we, we will get that sorted out. The last thing I want to close out with, just so folks can go ahead and get it on the calendar and start planning for it. Uh, folks know that the the Dragoons, we've had a handful of digital conventions going back to the pandemic. We, we did the first one in the fall of 2020. Um, uh, late summer of 2020 and we've done um we've done uh mlk weekend for the last three years which does put us in conflict with winter offensive going forward uh tough like there's only so many holiday weekends we got to work with we're gonna we're gonna have to work around that uh but we've done i think it's six digital game conventions at this point plus we're coming up on our third connections online uh in, in a couple of weeks here, we're actually going to do our first in-person convention coming up this fall. And so it is the weekend of October, 2021 and 22. Uh, it's the, the second to last weekend of October, and it's going to be down here in, in Cary, North Carolina. Gamers Armory is actually hosting it. We're going to hold our little mini convention in the store. And we've worked it out with the, the staff there that we're going to get about half the store in there that we're going to be able to take over. We're going to be able to set stuff up, leave it set up over the whole weekend. So we'll be able to get a couple of we're going to have a couple of tables pushed together for some bigger games. Uh, there's been talk of three days of Gettysburg. I'm not a hundred percent sure we're going to pull that off, but, but that's one of the ones folks have talked about. I know you're not going to pull off finishing it in three days. Oh God, no. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the only civil war game I know that moves in real time. Um, or perhaps, uh, no, it's, it's considerably slower than real time. It depends on how many people you have playing. If you have, you know, three per side, you might get it done in real time. You could do simultaneous. It's chip pull game. You could do simultaneous yeah. activations on different sides of the battlefield. That would speed things up considerably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so 2021, 22 October is the plan. We're gonna, <clears throat> we will have registration opened up after. After connections online so it'll be around the time buckeye game fest is happening or very shortly thereafter is when we're going to have registration opened up one of the things because we are in the store we are going to have to cap the number of attendees it's going to be somewhere around 40 45 attendees is going to be the cap on that um for the paid folks because i'm uh, calling the fire marshal <laughs> well, we're going to run out of table space at a certain point, and I don't want folks showing up as like paid attendees expecting to sit down, and we are literally out of chairs to put them in. Right, they got to play; they're forced to play euchre out on the sidewalk. Yeah, well, or or they're stuck with the Pokemon pre-release tournament on the other half. Of it. <laughs> you, don't, half of this. you don't play euchre in North Carolina. Come on. I yeah, know come what on. they do in North Carolina. They, they eat fabulous food. barbecue in North Carolina. That's what they do. Yeah. 
So, so look, this is this is going to be at the store. You guys have seen when we've done the the ACDC happy hours from the store where we've walked around with the camera and showed everybody what they've got on the shelves there. Uh, if you're an ASL fan, there is the giant wall of ASL that's a bunch of shit you can't get literally anywhere else. Uh, so th- there's this is a great opportunity to come check out the store, to come game with the Dragoons. Um, it's it's going to be a smaller crowd. You know, we, we've talked with the staff at Gamers Armory and, and they're they're willing to you know, work with us for a couple of these events uh, with the eventual goal of outgrowing them. We, we're going to, we're hopefully going to outgrow the store. So we're looking in October, this is going to be the, excuse me, the Armchair Dragoons Fall Assembly uh, is what we're going to be calling it. So it's the Fall Assembly 2023. Folks that, that want to come join us, please do so. Uh, you know, we're going to have a dozen or so tables, a couple of big ones pushed together. So we're going to have room for some bigger games and and folks that want to get involved, just send up a flare. And we, we're not going to need a lot of volunteers. Like there's no vendor hall going on here, right? There's no merch tables or anything. So we're in the store like we are literally in the vendor hall go buy the games from the store and and you'll be able to do that uh, you know we, we've got a bunch of dragoons over here on the east coast so some of our staff or you know some of the, the website staff are going to show up and be involved with this uh but we'd love for folks to come hang out with us and game with us and be a part of our first in-person you know dragoons game convention here so uh we might could wrangle gary or dave to come down and join us we'll have to see it's uh, i am not yet mathematically eliminated <laughs> <laughs> I, I figure if you're trying to do the fall compass expo and or sd hist that those are going to be a little close in date to try and pull off both both us and them in the same year yeah and both of them are compass expo is a drivable situation because i got somebody to go with but um, uh, SD Hiscon and North Carolina are probably flying situations, which yeah. on the other hand means I have to take less time off. So that's a plus. Uh, but on the other hand, it means I have to fly, which I hate because <laughs> airline seating is designed for miniature people that do not actually exist. Well, no, Dave exists. He's not the size <laughs> of a small child, however. <laughs> So that's what I'm talking about. If you're 10, you might fit in those seats comfortably. If you're older than that, you will not. Yeah. So, and then you got the, you know, I, I'm going to probably have a layover getting to North Carolina. So, you know, I'm, I'm now I'm just whining though. So. For, for the longest time, and uh, this may have changed with the pandemic, but for the longest time, there was a twice a day direct flight from Raleigh to Columbus. I'm not flying out of Columbus anymore, remember? That's your fault. Well, I guess I could drive to Columbus. <laughs> then I might as well drive. I got to drive two hours to Columbus. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> See, I show up with a solution and you still complain. It's a shitty solution. <laughs> so in any event, uh, what we don't have with with the Dragoons Fall Assembly is we don't have a hotel attached to the game store. So you will have to, to find a little hotel locally. But but we're because Brant, we're not thank you, Brant, be- for allowing everyone to crash at your place. Yeah, you're you're well, I got a funny out back. You're welcome to camp. I'll run a hose out there for you. <laughs> no, the, uh, the, the there are a bunch of hotels in the area where Gamers Armory is located, uh, and and so there's there's plenty of options in that area. It's not going to be that bad for folks that, that need a hotel. Uh, just across I forty, there's there's a half a dozen of them over in the Crossroads area that uh, that will be pretty easy for folks to to use and to get to and from the store. Uh, it, but again, there's there's we're at a store. We're not attached to a hotel. And because we're not attached to a hotel and using their facilities, we're not really able to do what Gary was talking about earlier, which is sort of negotiate for some sort of block room rate or anything. Because we're not oh, I'm, ha- I'm so tempted to bring my tent and k- pitch it in your backyard. You're, you're welcome to. I'll have my dog say hi to you when I let him out. You morning. have no idea how big my tent is. <laughs> you have no idea how big my dog is. 
Well, that's fine. I mean, I'll tell you, hey, Brent, I'm here. I'm setting the tent up in the backyard right now. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's something folks can start looking forward to and planning for. So October 2021-22, and uh, we're going to be at Gamers Armory and Carry. And so folks that, that want to go look that up, uh, you've seen what it looks like on the inside. Just go watch any of our past live streams from our... Uh, from our ACDC happy hours. We do have a handful of the different content creators that are all local around here as well that I'm expecting are going to show up and be a part of this. Um, you know, I, I'd mentioned it to Nate Gimpy Gamer that that I'm hoping Nate is able to to come over and join us. Uh, War Game Central that that dude he's actually local to us here, uh, so we may get him to show up. Uh, one of the developers on the Fighting Formations series is local here, so Brian may show up. Uh, he's the guy that did the the Kharkov game. Um, so, so we may get, uh, we'll definitely have some fighting formation stuff on the table at some point. Uh, who else we get beyond that? Who knows? We'll, we'll see. Uh, we've, we've been working with the store for this, but this is the first real public announcement of it. We've been sort of hinting at it in Tuesday Newsday, but this is the first real public announcement of it. So <laughs> David, final thoughts on Buckeye Game Fest or other small conventions? Mm. Come, come to Buckeye Game Fest. You won't regret it. It's if you can, if you can make it, come. It's awesome. It's my favorite convention. It is. It is definitely an enjoyable one, and it's and it's great because there is a good percentage of war game playing there. Yeah. Yep. You can everything you want is there. Yep. And yep. except full disclosure, except Fender Hall. If you're if you're looking for buying the new hotness, go elsewhere. Yeah. If you want to play games, come to Buckeye Game Fest. Yeah. Yeah. We did mention that up front. Like the very yep. limited yep. three booth vendor hall is like mostly arts and crafts stuff. So that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the flea market thing that they did last year that had I, I went and glanced through it. There was like zero war games there. Right. Yeah. I, I think once Buckeye Game Fest had to do away with the auction, um similar to when Origins did away with the auction. When Buckeye Game Fest had the auction, it was it was pretty enjoyable, not just because you had a lot of really good stuff that showed up in the auction, but because Bruce was a riot when he was the auctioneer. Mm-hmm. When, when Bruce Reif was was doing the auctions, he was a blast. So I find that believable. I mean, even when they had the consignment store, I thought I thought it worked very well. Maybe that was a pain to run. I don't know. But right. the whole you get you got a table, they got one table for like flea market, and you like you sign up for a time slot and you show up at that time and you like put your stuff on the table and then an hour later you you leave. That was weird. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, who cares? I mean, if people want to bring stuff to buy and sell, maybe just let them do that on the side. Said we say we got nothing to do with that. Maybe there's re- legal reasons why they can't do that. I don't know. Uh, I but don't know. I don't know. But it's a great event. Yeah. So, Gary, any final thoughts on Buckeye Game Fest or other similar conventions? It's a great event. It might be. <laughs> it, I, I don't think it's my favorite convention, uh, but it's 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 right up there. Um, it it allows the one you, you help organize and run isn't your favorite convention. Uh, it's I'm I I am much less important than that statement implies. So all I do really is just kind of pass the word around and maybe facilitate some communication and put people in touch with the right people. Um, that's really all I'm doing. Um, and I, I also have, you know, in, in consideration, I get a free pass to the convention and that's it. So, um, but it is a great event. It, it allows you a lot of different dimensions as a war gamer. And, and, you know, I'm talking about it from a war gaming perspective. If you want to go play terraforming Mars, cool. They got that too. But if you want to play war games, there's going to be big war games up to very big war games, right. That are going to take the whole week to play, uh, down to gate war games that are going to take an hour, right. And everything in between. There will be games that take all day, to games that take a couple of days, games that take five, six days, games that take an hour. So wh- whatever kind of war games you want to do, 
you can do it at, at Buckeye Game Fest. So it, it really is. And you've got your own space. It's separate from the giant 300-person rest of the convention. You've got the room. I mean, you uh, until Thursday, the war room and the staff are the only people there, right? So you've got – it's quiet it's it's you can focus on what you're doing it's actually i think a little refreshing that there isn't a huge vendor presence because i don't have to pay attention to that yes i will go walk through there uh since don from enterprise games does not come anymore uh i have not since spent a nickel in that vendor room but um you can now afford to eat out uh yeah oh and you know we haven't mentioned speaking of that good point um we haven't mentioned the food court that's literally down the hall um, where you can get all kinds of it's, I mean, it's basically not dissimilar from a mall food court, right? But you've got a subway and you got an ice cream place and you've got, and it's, you know, the subway is like a buck more expensive than any old subway. Um, you've got an Indian place, which is really very good, actually. Um, you've got burgers, you've got pizza, you've got Asian, you've got all kind of stuff. So it's it's uh, also, and Columbus is a pretty good food town anyway, if you want to go out for fancy food or even go across the street and brave the crowds at North Market, which I will surely do at least twice. Um, but uh, it's, it's also, soup, you know, Matt, I just want to get back to the game. I'm going to go grab a six inch BMT from Subway. You could totally do that. Yes. Um, and it's literally like 50 steps away uh, in the bay, in the ground floor of the hotel and you know if you want something fancier that there's places all over the place like within easy walking distance yep yep absolutely absolutely so guys uh we are well past david's bedtime so thank you very much david for for sticking with us and indulging us on this one uh we appreciate you being here and look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks at bgf and uh and gary thank you for you know making us the 18th different media hit that you've done in the last week always a delight and uh we'll let you go finish polishing off that bottle of scotch so you can get your voice back for tomorrow night when you've only got three shows (laughs) right uh, tomorrow night is uh, my game night actually ah no last blitzkrieg is what we're we're still playing are you down to one ocs game i'm down to zero ocs games at the moment ah oh because last blitzkrieg's bcs isn't it yeah yes it is yeah yeah so at one yeah. point, Gary we'll fix this. Like, we'll fix this. It's I was in three OCS na- games a week. That is true. We'll fix this at some point. But right now, I got to get this room behind me fi- figured out. And that's yeah. progress has been made over the last couple of weeks. There you go. All right. And uh, so, audience, thank you for sticking with us through uh, through this episode of Mention and Dispatches. Look forward to seeing you at the conventions this summer and into the fall. Uh, if you can, come see us uh, in the fall for the Armchair Dragoons Fall Assembly. Uh, if you can come see us at Buckeye Game Fest, do that. Come see us at Oregon. Uh, WBC, Circle DC, SD Hist, SD Hist East, uh, Mythic Con down here in the I think I should call it SD East. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Talk to, talk to Harold. Talk to Harold. It's, it's very catchy. Um, Marketing it, genius over here in Ohio. Consim Expo. Uh, what else we got? Oh, BGG.con, Historic KC Fest. There's plenty of them. Go hit your Wargaming events calendar, Brant. Yeah, I know. Just go hit the Wargame events calendar. All right, audience, thank you very much. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Mention and Dispatches. Everybody have a great night.